Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Late Night Vision Show. This is episode number 265. My name is Jason. I am the owner of Outdoor Legacy, specializing in all types of night vision and thermal optic sales for hunting. And as always, I've got my co-host, the self-proclaimed executive producer of the Late Night Vision Show, Hans, what's going on tonight, buddy? How are you? Man, I am good. So the best thing, and you know this, the best thing about summertime is all of the optics that were talked about in January at SHOT Show that we really either just saw prototypes, demos, or in some cases only pictures. Well, those optics are finally starting to hit uh, some of the manufacturers here stateside and the dealers are starting to get a few of the demos. This is a production unit. I think I've got the Pulsar. I think that's yeah. close to a production yeah. unit. I don't know if it's quite a production unit. So this is the Pulsar Telos XP50LRF. And we talked about this at SHOT Show. Uh, just got it today. I mean, it was literally just picked it up uh, this morning uh, from the UPS store. Going to get a chance to play with it, get some videos. Uh, whenever we're told that we can... I guess, share more information about it. We will definitely be doing that. Uh, of course, the price, uh, I think I don't think that's been finally determined yet, but uh, we'll be sharing more information on the Telos and showing video very soon. So stay yeah, tuned I want to say two things. Yeah, pricing should be uh, coming soon. We are looking for hopefully a midsummer release, I think is kind of the the soft, you know, ETA there. And Hans is right. He just picked it up from the UPS store. Uh, what he didn't tell you is that uh, I've had it for a few oh, yeah. weeks, Ashley, and I got to play with it. I'm the last uh, in the so, line right now. Yeah, he's last in line. Exactly. That's that's right. But no, uh, uh, I can say this. I know Hans is, is you know, had it, a, whatever. I guess you got it, you know, today. Um, I have played with the unit. Really, really like it. There is a couple cool little features. Mm-hmm. Um I think they're going to stay in the production unit. They did say they're, they're sort of playing with some things maybe in the mm-hmm. menu. Uh, I hope it sticks around. It's really cool. Guys, this is a this is a great unit. Uh, it's going to be kind of sad to see the Pulsar Helions uh, eventually go away. I don't think they're going yet. Uh, the Helions are staying, but I think this is going to be the eventual replacement for them. And uh, this is going to be a cool unit. So we're excited yeah. and can't wait to, uh, you know, be able to talk about it and get some reviews going on that unit. It's nice. You know, there's so few monoculars on the market that have a laser range finder on it. Now, I know the right. Pulsar's mergers, you know, the mergers have a laser range finder on it, um, the Axion uh, units. But as far as in that that Helion style uh, and picture quality, the, yeah. you know, it was something that's kind of been missing. So it's good to see that. I know that people have been really – I've had so many people asking me about the Telos – I uh, wanting to know when we're going to be reviewing them. Want to show videos? Stay tuned, y'all. I mean, as soon as yeah. stay tuned. Well, you've probably seen it the last couple of weeks. Jason and I are doing these things called Two Minute Tuesday. Uh, I came up with it. I trademarked the name. So that is just so, such so a lie. You came that out with the acronym, but I I came up with no. <laughs> such a lie. I think I think Ashley. Eighty percent of it my, was his idea. No, 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 it, no. It, it was his gosh, idea. The this. title was my my idea. The the the, the title. Yeah, yeah. I Which thought it should least be important. Five Minute Friday. No, but what do no. I know? You know. No, no. The title. I will take credit for the title, but the idea 
yes, came from Ashley. So I, I still don't. I don't even. I don't remember you coming up with the name. But whatever, we can we can argue <laughs> about that. I know. So if you See, have he not, says this stuff, guys, this is what he does on air. That's right. He waits until we get live recording, and then he says this this outrageous stuff that he hopes that I won't call him on. Mm. And then when I do, he's like, No, no, really. So this is this is what happens. This is exactly. what I deal with. Strategic, guys. strategic. So yeah, if you haven't seen us last couple. The, the last couple of weeks, we've come out with some previews for the show. Uh, that's an idea, or, or that was an idea, like I said, that came from uh, within with Ashley. Uh, and who Ashley actually heard it from uh, from a viewer. So we are listening to you. We do take a lot of your uh, thoughts and considerations into, and sometimes they get turned into actual uh, things on the show that we do. But we want to spend that time with you to show you not just what's going to be coming up on the episode that Thursday, but also give us a chance to talk about what we're testing, what we're doing, uh, some of the things that we've got going on. So if you haven't seen that, go check it out every Tuesday morning, uh, two minute Tuesday, just a very short amount of time, uh, that we get to, uh, be able to share that information anyway. Yep. So I, I want to talk about, yeah, one yeah. more quick thing here. Um, real quick, there is a sale going on and mm -hmm. it's on the, Infrared Outdoor, otherwise known, most popular as iRay, the uh, Ricoh GL35. Guys, we reviewed this optic already on the podcast. I don't know which episode number it is, but we have reviewed it. It's a fantastic unit, $29.99, right at $3,000. And right now, um, iRay USA is running that unit on a summer promo uh, for the next uh, couple months for the price of $24.99. That's $500 off. Guys, this is a fantastic unit. It's a three power base magnification, great image quality. I'm just going to tell you straight up, this unit is in the three to $4,000 uh, image quality range. And right now it's down there uh, in the $2,500 price range. So this is a really, really good promo running on this thing. Uh, if you're interested in it, you know, give us a holler over at Outdoor Legacy, uh, OutdoorLegacyGear.com or 877-350-1818. When Hans and I are not uh, recording uh, shows for you, we are actually working full-time selling night vision and thermal optics. He, myself, uh, our salesman, Ashley, uh, we've got ladies in the office as well. That is what we do is sell night vision and thermal. We would love to have your business mm. on any of the optics that we review and even things that we you know don't have time to, don't get around to review, and we've still got everything. Uh, we are a full-service night vision and thermal dealer offering what we believe is some of the best customer service in the country, and we would love to have your business. So anything you're interested in, 877-350-1818. Call, talk to us. Uh, guys, the, the mistake that a lot of people make is thinking, well, I've got to figure out what I want, and then I'm going to call them, or then I'm going to order it. No, you, if you just say, I want a thermal scope, that is enough for us to start with. You can mm. start, I want a night vision scope. That is enough. We can ask the right questions from there. And, you know, I'm going to say this, kind of hold your hand through this process. And a lot of times, you know, and this is the way it is when you get into anything new, you don't know what questions to ask sometimes. And sometimes uh, the questions you do ask are the wrong questions. And there's no problem with that. I mean, I've learned the same thing. When I'm going out and buying something new uh, and I go talk to a dealer, 
I start asking these questions and then they answer my questions politely. And then they start asking me questions. And by the time it's over, I go, yeah, my questions were all dumb. I didn't really, you know, I didn't know which questions to ask. So anyway, with that said, we would love to have your business and love to help you pick out the optic that is just right for you. And I'm going to say this real quick, and this is going to go against the, the infrared GL35 sale, but sometimes optics that are on sale or sometimes uh, something like that, you go, oh my gosh, this is too good to pass up. It might not be the right optic for you, depending on what you're going to do. You might find out that, you know, a less expensive optic is actually better for your conditions or whatever. So it's definitely not one size fits all when it comes to these night vision and thermal scopes. So we want to help you get just yep. the right thing. So Hans, tell them what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Jason. That was a, a, a nice little spill there. A Outdoor Legacy des definitely has the best customer service that is scientifically proven. The experts <laughs> all agree and the fact checkers have fact checked. So fact checked. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, so we are, you know, this is when we talk about show topics, a lot of the ideas that we get are uh, come from viewers, listeners, uh, feedback, uh, some of them are pulled out of the sky, out of a hat, it's drawn true. out of a hat. Uh, but this is one that we've actually talked about in the past, but I think we're going to spend a little bit more time on it. That doesn't mean a longer show, but more in depth in, in the process of storing your optic. And not just for those of people that are looking at summer. And, and if you're watching this show and it's cold outside and you're bundling up with jackets, uh, this show is actually recorded at the end of May or towards the end of May. So we're talking about the off season and how to maintain your night vision or thermal optic in the off season uh, and keep it healthy, keep it going. So that way, when you're ready to crank it up, come start of coyote season or whatever season you're getting ready for, uh, it's going to be ready to go and you're not going to have any issues. Now, if you are watching this and you say, I don't have an off season. I hunt every day. A lot of these things in here, like preventative maintenance and care, how to take care, how to clean your optic, uh, battery health, uh, it, it pertains to everybody. So there might be something in here you might pick up. All this stuff may be things you already know, uh, but there's a lot of people that we talk to really uh, on a weekly basis that say, how do I store this thing? It's off season. I can't hunt until you know next fall. Uh, what about batteries? What do I do with, with that? So we're going to answer all these. I'm going to jump in. Uh, we're going to be talking about battery care. Uh, Jason's going to be just touching on uh, general maintenance and cleaning your optic. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some uh, device things like um, videos that are stored on your, on your scope and your zeros and what that does just sitting there for a long period of time. Um, you have anything to add before we jump into battery care? No, I think you're good. I, I was going to mention kind of the, the, the guys that don't have an off season, and I think yeah. you, you handled that because I know there's guys that are going to be listening to that and go, well, well yeah, we don't use mine. Yeah, we don't have an off season and, either. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, but there's still, there's still things you need to do, things you need to take mm -hmm. care of, and things you need to check. So, yeah, jump on into it. I think the biggest question or the, the most popular question we get about taking care of your optic revolves and, uh, and revolves and involves batteries. Uh, I know now the concern with uh, internal non-removable batteries, um, that can kind of concerns people a lot. I, I think it concerns people less now than it used to when they first started getting popular. Now a lot of optics come with an internal battery. And I think just about uh, every manufacturer that I can think of other than maybe Envision has a uh, an internal battery in some model uh, way or form. 
But internal batteries, that and lithium batteries, we all know just because all of us carry cell phones that eventually these batteries from being charged very often are going to go down and, and wear out and, and need to be changed. Um, I think, though, I've done a lot of study on this because I, a lot of when I say a lot of study, though, Jason, I'm talking about I read an article about five minutes. That means, that's my, that means last my college days are bad. He was on his time. phone and yeah. yeah, five minutes later, he's an expert. When I dropped out of college, that was the end of my uh, <laughs> education officially. And now my no more book reports for me. Uh, right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so uh, battery care, I, like I said, I think is one of the biggest questions that we get. Now, what I have found in in my studies and from everything that I've read, and I actually did, I read several articles about lithium ion batteries and how to properly take care of them. I would say, and I would, I would, this goes back to, um, I'll say my father-in-law uh, several years ago, you know, we all have power tools and, you know, DeWalt's or Milwaukee or whatever your favorite brand in, brand is. It's like, picking your favorite truck, whatever you got, you know, they got these 20 volt rechargeable batteries and you can get anything, you know, now weed trimmers, uh, you know, weed eaters, drills, uh, sawzalls all take these 20 volt batteries. Well, I used to, and many of y'all may still do that, leave those batteries in the charging cradle a hundred percent, well, not a hundred percent time, but anytime I wasn't actually using the tool, it was on the charging stand. And, uh, you know, I, I remember, um, my father-in-law said, Hey, you know, charge it up and then take it off the take it off the charging stand. You're going to wear these batteries out. And it, it took me a couple, you know, trips to the store buying brand new batteries to figure that out. So it kind of makes sense. If you, what I would not do as far as with your scope, whether it be a night vision or thermal scope, do not leave your battery charging all the time. Don't leave your scope plugged in all the time. If you're not using it, uh, you know, do not have that thing on constant power supply. Uh, that will burn up the battery just as much as my next don't. And that would be don't leave your batteries dead in your optic for a long period of time or even dead period uh, for a long period of time. What they say ideally for lithium ion and, you know, we talked about this before the show, some MIT lithium battery experts going to jump in the comments and just oh, prove all of us wrong. But I don't think exactly. so. I, I think this is somewhat right. Uh, <laughs> what you want to do is make sure that they're what they said is ideally that your batteries sit with it around a 50% battery charge when you're not using it. So that means, okay, I put my rifle with my scope in it in the safe for three months and I don't even turn it on for three months. What I would recommend you do, go in there once a month and check the battery level. If it's at 25%, I'd, I would charge it up. Just let it charge. Take it off. Let it sit. Uh, you know, if it's around 50%, just let it sit there for about 50%. But what I think is also healthy to do, uh, and, and you pointed this out, I think, in our, our pre-show meeting, was I would at least every now and then let the battery drain all the way down. Uh, let it drain all the way down and then charge it all the way back to a hundred percent. And then, you know, just to get that, that cycle in, you know, that full power down, power up cycle. But what, from this, from what we read, from what I read, you know, about lithium batteries, if you're going to just let them sit for a long period of time, don't leave them charged up all the time. Don't leave them dead all the time. If you leave it at 50%, uh, you'll be just fine. And the good thing is, you know, with lithium ion batteries, 
Um, they say they don't leak. It's not going to be a problem leaving it in the scope. They're not going to bust open like alkaline batteries. Um, with CR123 batteries, it's a completely different conversation. You know, those are just takeout and throwaway batteries in most parts. But, there they, are, are, but they are lithium, so you don't have to worry about them. You don't have to worry either. about them, yeah, leaking. Um, there are some rechargeable CR123 CR batteries, so th the same rules apply, uh, apply with those as far as charging. But with the the removable throwaway batteries, I would I would, and other people might disagree. I just don't like leaving throwaway batteries in uh you know yep. in those for a long period of time. So if you're going to leave your scope sitting up for a few months, and you have throwaway CR one two three batteries in it, just take them out. Uh, just take them out. Leave them out. Um, you know, there's there. I don't think there's really any upside or gain from leaving those batteries sitting in there for several months. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you say? Well, I think you covered that well. I've had several things here that I didn't want to rudely interrupt you. Uh, but, uh, no, no, I think you're right. I want to take this the next step. Um, I want to talk about the logical next question. Um, I keep it in my camera here, so it's all shaking around my foot. Uh, the logical next question that that you know. I hear is, okay, but if I take my batteries out, am I going to lose my zero? Mm -hmm. And short answer to that is no. Um, the long answer to that is, well, let's take some preventative steps on that. So number one, these units are writing the uh, zeroing coordinates to memory. Mm -hmm. That should be stored there, okay? Um, there's also... A capacitor in these units that normally helps keep the the you know, if you've set the date or the time, which I never do. I have people all the time. They're like, "How are you filming these hogs at two in the mm -hmm. afternoon, two p.m.?" I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it, "It has a clock." Sorry, I didn't know. You know, uh, so so with that said, I don't ever check that. But um, but but those capacitors, you know, will uh, normally keep that uh, time, you know, up to date and what have you. But again, the the settings should be stored in memory so do not worry about it i know some guys that are you know brand new to these optics say will i lose my zero if i take my batteries out just to change them i mean mm. my, my batteries went dead no you will not um that's the short answer the long could, answer is i want to say something can, say something yeah, real sure. quick D yeah, could you ahead. mention yeah about time you know there's a lot of people too that say my my optic is not keeping time you know it's off by a couple minutes or it right. keeps loose i yeah. was reading I, I bought some um I bought a watch recently, a very a nice watch, um, and it said I mean, in the manual. You're a watch guy. Well, not really. It was it, it, it's a well. I'll tell you later. It's you just bought it stupid, at Walmart. So yeah, I yeah. did. No, no. <laughs> there you go. So it is, um, but in the manual, and I read through several manuals when I was looking at watches. It said that uh, per month that the time could be off plus or minus fifteen seconds, and that's with a battery that's you know, in the, the watch the entire time, yeah. never taken out. So even yeah. on high quality watches, I, I'm not, we're not talking about Rolexes or anything like that, but 15 to uh, <laughs> minus, plus or minus 15 seconds a month that that can be off. So don't worry if your scope time is off a few minutes every time, you know, if you go to yeah. get it out. Yeah. It's, right. it's kind of the, you know, right. 
And, and even if it, yeah, even if it doesn't keep time, I mean, it is what it is. But yeah. it's funny, uh, guys. Trust me, I, I know Hans. It's not a Rolex. No, I, I doubt it's a Timex. Not. I mean, no. this is you know, it's a step above he, Timex. I'll say that it's a step above Timex. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to use the little claw thing in front of Walmart to get it out of there, and you want it. Mm, but anyway, yeah. all right. So <laughs> <laughs> you lost my whole train of thought. So back to the batteries. Um, so my advice is this. Uh, and this is a good practice no matter what. I don't care if you've got a, uh, you know, a Sightmark Wraith or an AGM Neath digital scope or you've got a thermal scope from a $2,000 scope to a $18,000 scope. When you zero the optic, it is done with an XY coordinate. And so when you get done, you're going to have an X and a Y coordinate. And it's going to tell you, you know, plus or minus in, in each of those categories. Uh, you know, again, for your, your, you know, windage and elevation, mm -hmm. write those down, Yeah. write it down yeah. when you're done zeroing at the range that day. And you're like, yep, I'm dead on. I'm where I want to be. Write it down, put it in your phone, uh, you know, put it in a notepad, wherever you want it, mm -hmm. but keep that. And here's the reason why goofy things happen to these thermal optics and every brand, every manufacturer, I've had somebody call me and say, hey, I turned this thing on today and everything's set back to factory settings and my zero is gone. It says zero, zero, what happened? And I go, I don't know what happened, but weird things happen from time to time. You know, with, I'm yeah. not saying everybody's scope does it, but it could. You could lose the zero or you could hand your scope to a buddy or a family member, a kid. They're in there monkeying with the menu, don't know what they're doing. The next thing you know, <laughs> they hand it back to you and they're on the zeroing settings and like, oh my gosh, what has happened? So if you've mm -hmm. got those written down, you're good to go. Guys, this is the thing you need to remember. And this isn't a whole primer on zeroing, but when you move those digital settings back, you know, X equals plus 12, Y equals minus three. If you move that back to there, it's going right back where it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is it. It is It is there. It is locked to where it was. If your scope hasn't moved and you move those zeroing settings, those coordinates right back to where they were, then you're locked and loaded. Now, is it wise to go out and test it and shoot it? Sure. But I don't think it's an absolute requirement if, you know, you're getting out of the hunting, you know, the truck at the hunting place and you realize this is what happened, you move it back, hey, go hunting. But mm -hmm. with that said, write those down. Now, what that's going to do you is you're going to have that. So just in case, while you've got your scope, you know, put up in the gun safe or wherever you're storing it, if something crazy happens and it does lose those settings, you've got them. You're good to go. Put them right back in there and, and you'll be fine with that. So I think Hans' advice is good. My, my advice is this. If your scope has a fully removable battery, I don't care what kind of battery, I would take it out. If your scope uses alkaline batteries, double A's, mm -hmm. uh, which I know that's common in uh, some of the you know, night vision scopes, um, I think the new um, the bearing Yoder uh, LRF and Hulkster LRF are going to use double A's. If you're using alkaline double A's, I don't care what take those batteries mm. out before you store them. I have two personal friends of mine that have bought race from me and have left double A's in them. Two of those guys this year have called me and said, 
hey, I pulled that thing out of the safe and it wouldn't turn on. I looked in there and those batteries have corroded, exploded. Mm-hmm. It is it is a disaster in there. You don't want that to happen. So if you got alkalines, for sure take them out. But I think mm-hmm. it's a I think it look, it's not gonna hurt anything. Even if you've got a proprietary removable battery, 18650s, I don't care what pull the batteries out. Now Hans mentioned these internal batteries. If you can't take them out, hey, you can't. I would use the practice that he mentioned there. And the one thing I would say, uh, n- not to you know argue with what he said, but he mentioned the cell phone. We do all know batteries, you know, up and down, and eventually they're going to wear out. I think what we're seeing though is you're using your cell phone for hours a day you're charging this thing every day a lot of us can't get through the day from from you know wake up to to go to bed without charging it in between you're not using your scope that much i don't care if you hunt every night you are not using your batteries near as much power cycling them uh, or, or charge cycling i should say like you are your cell phone so we don't have a big concern. We see very, very few problems with these internal batteries. And some of these optics have had internal batteries in the market for five years now. So, yeah, anyway, I don't think it's a big issue. All right, moving on. I want to talk about move from, from batteries. Let's talk about just some general maintenance, some cleaning, some things you ought to do outside of the batteries. Um, this is simple. It's logical. But a couple of things. One, keep your lens clean. Uh the advice of most manufacturers is not to use lens cleaner or any type of, of cleaning agent on the actual lens up front. Um, you want to just use the soft cloth. Most scopes come with one of those little lens cleaners. If they don't, it's the same thing you clean eyeglasses with. Mm-hmm. Just take one of those nice, you know, little soft cloths that's clean, no dirt on it. Clean that lens real good. You'll be good. Something I really like to do is I like to use compressed air because if you get out there and you know you're in a dusty environment or maybe it's even wet and you get mud on it it dries you know I like to take compressed air and all the little holes and nooks and crannies the lens uh, I'll pull if you can the rubber eye cup off the eyepiece I'll spray all inside that eyepiece uh, with that compressed air really like doing that and, you know, if you're really OCD, and I'm not going to lie, I, I can be this way, I want my stuff to be really, really nice and clean uh, because, you know, one reason, uh, Hans and I are going to end up selling this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and we're going we're gonna to use it, whether it's six weeks or six months or two years, we're going to sell it. And you may be the same way, so I want it to be pristine. And it costs this much money. I want to, even though I'm going to use it, I may lay it on a bloody hog. I may be out there wading around in mud and come in the house and be like, oh my gosh, what Mm -hmm. happened to my rifle and my scope? But I'm going to clean it up. And I like to use um, those little alcohol wipes for that. Um, I will take those and all over the body. You're not going to hurt the body of the scope by using those alcohol wipes. So I'll, I'll clean, you know, all over them. Sometimes I'll get it wet. And if it's really bad, like down in a crack, I'll even take a Q-tip or something. So, you know, it just depends on how clean you want to get it. But I think that's a good, uh, you know, general maintenance, um, you know, to you know, to get, to keep it clean. I think another question that comes up kind of related to this is, uh, how do I store this thing? What I actually, where does it need to be stored? Well, I think this is pretty logical, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's not in your truck. 
it's not in your garage. Uh, you know, no, well, say your garage depends on where you live. If you live down in the South, uh, you know, it's going to be a hundred degrees outside. It may be 130 in your garage or in your mm -hmm. shop or wherever. Don't do that. Um, there has been issues over the years of guys leaving their scope mm -hmm. in their truck in the summer and literally getting it so hot in direct sunlight that they've melted rubber eye cups. They've melted yeah. uh, rubber seals um, around the um, display screen. There's been some, I mean, some guys have called us and they, they admit like, hey, man, I left this thing in my truck and it was baked out there in the front seat. So, you know, just use common sense. Ideally, a cool dry place you know a gun safe is obviously a good place to keep from getting it stolen and that's normally a a dry place it's going to be hopefully inside so uh, climate controlled i think is ideal and i know i know you're going to say well wait a minute this thing's rated for negative 12 and three foot of water and what's that doesn't mean you should store it that way <laughs> i mean mm -hmm. it's i it doesn't mean it's ideal just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something <laughs> so i think that the logical thing is just a a, a cool dry place there right. and hans uh you know i know you got a couple more things you want to talk about mm -hmm. and then i i'm gonna when you're done i, I want to come back and i want to talk about kind of what to do when you you know you pull it out of the safe at the end of the year and, mm -hmm. and you know or wherever you've been storing it um also one last thing on the storage a lot of these scopes come with a you know either it's a padded hard case or a padded soft case if you're taking it off your rifle I think that's a good place to store it. If you, you know you want to make sure it doesn't get bumped around. But listen, we leave ours on our rifles. And again, we're not storing them for months on end. But there are times, you know, maybe my favorite rifle scope that I'm using, I might not use it for two or three months because I'm using everything else. Mm -hmm. And so it might sit in my gun safe on a rifle. But, you know, if you want to leave it on your rifle, I think that's perfectly fine. And I think, you'll, you know, you'll be good to go there. Yeah. The only thing I, I, other that I wanted to mention was just people that have uh, stored videos on their scope. I, the only thing I can recommend, I... I'm going to be honest, and, and maybe it's because of, of what we do and we're always creating content and putting videos out there. I, as soon as I get a video, I'm pretty much taking it off the scope uh, and then clearing the memory out on the form, reformatting the scope, clearing the memory, deleting the videos after I take it off and put it on a on my phone, put it on my, on my uh, computer. I, I mean, I would recommend every so often, I, I wouldn't let it run up for months. I've had people call and say, my you know, my scope stopped recording. It won't record any more videos. It acts like it starts and then it just, it, it does nothing. Um, come to find out that their, their memory on their, uh, on their scope is full of past videos that they haven't taken off or haven't deleted. Uh, same is true with when you store your scope. Um, you know, like Jason said, writing down your coordinates for your X, Y axis, just for the uncommon chance that some reason it may get uh it may not save you know if the batteries aren't in or whatever reason because it sets up for a few months uh take the videos off uh just don't don't create a potential problem for yourself because you're like man i've i shot this coyote two months ago and i want to show a buddy and and my, you know i need to go and find that on my scope the best thing to do is just if you can take the videos off as as often as you can that way you don't lose you know, some precious, precious hunt 
of you sure. dropping a coyote at 300 yards that your buddies will never believe unless they see the video. Right. Uh, so <laughs> uh, take the videos off. I would definitely not leave, leave it sit for a few months with those videos on there. It's not going to hurt the scope. It's not going to harm it. It's not going to do anything. But again, if for whatever reason, uncommon occurrence that it does you know, clear out your XY coordinates, yep. your videos are gone. Just don't put yourself in that problem. Get those videos off and, and save them on your, on your computer or your phone. Okay. One quick thing here. We'll kind of end with this. So what do you do when you pull it out of storage? I mean, what's uh what's the wise thing to do? Well, I think, you know, we didn't say this here, but you know, leave the lens cover closed. I mean, just you know, doesn't get dust and stuff on it. It's funny. Uh, my daytime scopes, a lot of times sitting in my, my gun safe, uh, I'll pull them out after, you know, months of not using them and there'll be a decent amount of dust on the end mm -hmm. of that lens. You're like, oh man, you know, dust even in this, this gun case. So, you know, just leave your, your lens cap closed, but I, I would pull the thing out again, check it, make sure everything looks good. Uh, put your batteries on there, you know, charge those things uh, all the way up. Uh, one thing on the battery chargers, I would say is this is, this is kind of a double-edged sword. Ideally, you want to use the cord that came with your scope to charge the batteries just because it's the right cord to use. Now, okay, I'm going to say that. And then there's guys that call and go, oh my gosh, I lost the cord. What do I do? Well, if it's a USB-C, go get another USB-C cable. All right. You can use, mm -hmm. uh, this is, I'm going to put an asterisk here. This is why I'm bringing this up. <laughs> you can use any standard cable. If it's a USB-C, fine. If it's a micro USB, whatever it is, you can use any standard cable. However, we have seen some weird things in the past where sometimes a, a cheap cable won't properly charge. Mm -hmm. Maybe it won't charge the, the scope or the battery at all. Uh, maybe it will only charge it uh, very, very, very slowly, like 24 hours and it's not charged. People think something wrong with the scope and it ends up being a bad cable. Um, so, Again, if you lose your cable, don't panic. You don't have to call the manufacturer and try to, you know, get another one from them. But, but you know, use another cable, test it, make sure it's charging it good and, and you know, the right speed and all that. But, again, so I just try to keep the right cable with the right charger. Um, I think the first thing I'd do is I would go in and I would look at my zeroing coordinates, make sure that they're still there where they were when you left it. And if you've really left this thing, you know, sitting there for the off-season, I think you need to go out to the range. I think you need to go shoot it. And my reasoning is not that I think it's going to move. It's not that I think it's magically going to POI shift. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, stranger things have happened, but it's not that I think that it's because it's been a long time since you've used it. Yeah. It might be two months. It might be six months. It might be nine months. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, we talked to guys that, that have a, a 30 day hunting season and they literally cannot yeah. use their scope outside of that short of, shooting at the range and a lot of times they aren't so i think it's really good to go back out there get on the bench turn it on check the zero but you're also you're just checking yourself yeah you remember oh yeah okay i forgot this is where that button is this is how i do that you don't want to be figuring this stuff out when you're out there on your first hunt and you know that's when you don't want problems because right. that's when it all gets frustrating. So I think that's logical just to, to go out and do that. But guys, I know most of this, you're going to go, this is common sense. I didn't need to listen to these guys for 30 minutes to learn this, but there is a lot of questions about this. We get it all the time, especially as we come to the spring and the summer when less people are hunting than in the fall and the winter. 
People want to know what to do with their scopes. They want to know the right way to take care of them, to protect them. Uh, these are big investments. Mm -hmm. Whether you're spending $500, $5,000, or $15,000, it's a big investment yeah. to you. And it, it, I mean, we get that, and we know you want to take care of it. And I can tell you this. Most guys, when they buy a scope, they're not thinking about um, selling it. They're thinking about buying it. They're thinking about using it. But um, Hans and I know this, and most of you guys that are listening that have been doing this for a long time, you know this is addicting, and if you really like it, you get into it, and then in a couple years you go, man, I want another one. I want a better one. Ooh, this new one came out. And you want to upgrade. Guys, the best way to get the most for your scope when you sell it it's just taking care of it. It's no different than a pickup truck. I mean, when a guy comes to you with for his, you know, selling his used truck and he's got every receipt of every old change with the date and all this stuff that you don't really care about, mm -hmm. but you're like, okay, this guy, he takes care of his stuff. I mean, it's clean, it's been detailed, meticulous records. You have a little bit of confidence in what you're buying. Uh, if you buy a scope, uh, if you're going to buy a used scope and it looks clean and meticulous, you're, you're okay, this guy probably took care of it. Versus you get one that looks like it's been drugged behind your, you know, mm -hmm. Kawasaki mule <laughs> through the mud hole. You know, you're going to be like, ah, I don't know about this. So anyway, I think long term, all this stuff is going to help you um, not only through the off season, through the longevity of the scope and just the overall looks and appearance, which is going to help you when you get ready to sell it. So if this video and this information triggered something in your brain that says, oh, yes, I forgot I need to buy a new scope, give us a call, <laughs> Outdoor Legacy. You can call us at 877-350-1818, OutdoorLegacyGear.com. Thank you for joining us. This is a late night vision show. Uh, you, we've got so much content out there, y'all. Uh, this is two, episode 264. Um, if you want to find the previous 263 episodes i would really recommend don't this is start 265 so it's gonna be oh, 264 yeah. previous episodes. that's right yeah yeah 265 right. so i mean see we've done so many i can't even keep count so what i would recommend don't watch episodes one through 50 i mean don't judge us off that yeah, right. that early content no. uh watch from about 50 on maybe 100 on i don't know but uh we maybe 200 <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh we appreciate you joining us though every thursday for the late night vision show you can find all of our past episodes the late night vision show.com on youtube uh where we post the videos also on facebook spotify uh audio only versions on uh, itunes uh you know please give us a good ranking over there and and on Google Play. So uh, if you're trying to find Jason, Outdoor Legacy on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, also, you can find uh, Ashley Rowe, our other salesman. He's on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, posting clips of all of these optics. That's Rowe, E-T-X, R-O-W-E, E-T-X. And then you can find me over on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube, Hans E-T-X. Do a lot of short-form reviews. Um, all showing videos over there, creating a lot of content and posting a lot of videos. Got more videos and a lot of optics to share. Also, don't forget to join us next Tuesday for our two-minute Tuesday preview of what we're going to be talking about next week. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. And again, as Han said, you know where to find us, the latenightvisionshow.com, YouTube, all of the podcast apps. And again, outdoorlegacygear.com or 877-350-1818. We would love to have your business, love to have your support. Between now and the next episode of the Late Night Vision Show, y'all stay safe in the fields and keep making those bacon pancakes. <laughs>